Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey everyone, real quick before this podcast starts, um, I just wanted to let those of you who don't already know, uh, this was actually an Instagram live that I did from Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. to track the final hour of the trade deadline. I actually wanted to go a little bit longer, but um, I didn't know that Instagram live only lets you go live for an hour. So it's my first time ever doing this, um, but it was fun. So what I did is I um, I was live tracking all the rumors, um, talking about all the trades, uh, answering fan questions for those that showed up in the chat. So um, you'll hear me shout out everyone who came in the chat, and you know you'll hear me um, you'll you'll hear me answering fan questions and stuff. So that was really fun to do. Um, I look forward to doing it again, um, not only at next year's trade deadline, but um, I'm also going to look into other ways I can engage on Instagram Live, Facebook Live, Twitter Live, whatever. Um, because it was fun. I enjoyed being live and, and, you know, engaging with some of the listeners and some of the fans. So again, um, I shouted everyone out and, uh, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Um, unfortunately I wasn't able to save the actual version. Um, I recorded, I recorded myself, so I got it all recorded, the audio, but, um, I wanted to save the video and be able to re-upload it to all my, you know, platforms and whatever. But, um, but my phone actually died right as Instagram was saving the video. Um, my phone was at like 1% and it was in the middle of saving and my phone just died. And so um, unfortunately, unfortunately, that that great moment was lost. But, uh, you know, it was fun. Like I said, it was it was a good time. I enjoyed it. Um, shout out to everyone who participated in the uh, in the live chat. That was that was that was very fun. Um, answered a lot of good questions and um i'm definitely going to look forward to doing this some more so if you don't already follow me follow me on instagram at platty 1132 that's p-l-a-t-t and then i put five e's and then 1132 or just search my name chris platty c-h-r-i-s-p-l-a-t-t-e and if you don't already follow me on twitter and all those platforms follow me on twitter at real chris platty c-h-r-i-s-p-l-a-t-t-e of course you know how to spell real so, yeah, that's it, man. Um, I'll toss it to the intro music, and I'll let you guys hear the first ever um, NBA trade deadline Strictly Hoop Talk Instagram Live. Let's go.
Alright, hello everyone and welcome to the Instagram Live of the NBA Trade Deadline presented by Chris Platty. This is Strictly Hoop Talk NBA Podcast um, coming to you live from Instagram. Um, I will be, for those of you that don't catch this or catch this late and want to go back, I will be keeping it on my story for 24 hours as well as I am currently right now recording a podcast. So I will upload, re-upload it as a podcast as well. That way everyone can get it by any means but uh so what i'm gonna do here is for the f- this is the first time doing it so we'll see how it goes um i'm gonna just talk about all the nba trades that are happening and hold on one second all right everyone um jev can you hear me now uh jev was saying in the live chat that he could not hear me um is anyone is anyone hearing anything right now or no not really Anything? Can anyone in the chat confirm right now that, uh, can anyone in the chat confirm right now? Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so sorry about that. So anyways, what I'm doing here is I'm, uh, I'm recording this on Instagram Live, and I'm also recording it separately so I can publish it later as a podcast. Um, everyone who comes in, I will be saying what up. I will be taking questions. Um, but first, since we got a few people in here already, Let's jump to um, recap the trades that happened already so far on the trade deadline, and then we'll be kind of following everything live as it as it as it happens. So um, the first thing is the Bucks and the Nets. This was a trade a couple days ago. Uh, the Bucks got Tyler Zeller. Uh, the Nets get Rashad Vaughn in a second round pick. Um, again, it's a smart move for Brooklyn. Um, they get off. They get a young prospect in a second round pick. Um, the Bucks needed another center. Uh, I would have liked for if I was the Bucks, I would have liked to see what happens with the buyout market because that will be something that we really talk about on this podcast here uh, because the buyout market is going to be very huge and there's a reason for that and I'll dive into that in a little bit. But um, yeah, so I, I love the trade from the Nets perspective. Um, from the Bucks perspective, like I said, I'll get into that when it comes to the buyout market. So, okay, so the Pelicans and the Bulls. Um, the Pelicans get Nikola Miritich and a 2021 second-round pick. The Bulls get a 2018 first. Uh, Omar Ashik, Tony Allen, and Jameer Nelson. Jameer Nelson will be in a trade later today, so um, so uh, I'll keep you up on that. But uh, first, let me shout out everybody who's in here right now. So we got uh, we got Nick Tankum, we got we got Jev and we got Lucas, uh, aka Buzo. What's up, Buzo? How's it going, man? Haven't seen you in forever. Uh, we need to talk next time I'm in town. Um, I might actually be coming home this weekend, so let me know. Uh, but the Bulls, anyways. So the Bulls got uh, 2018 first. Uh, Omar Sheik, Tony Allen, and Jameer Nelson. Uh, Bulls take on a bad contract in a Sheik while getting the first round pick. So it's a great move for the Bulls. Uh, again, the, the, the buyout market is something we'll talk about and just the salary cap in general as to why this trade deadline might not be as great as, as the previous ones, although there is a lot of great material so far. Um, but one of the reasons it might not be great is not a lot of teams have cap space in the summer because of 2016, when everybody signed those massive contracts, the cap balloons. So everybody signed massive contracts and long story short, now everyone's tied up in cap space and doesn't. And not many teams have cap space. So what you do when you're a bad team that's rebuilding is you take on and absorb bad contracts 
in order to get um in order to get more picks so that you can build through the draft because that's the best way to rebuild. So it's a very smart strategy, very awesome strategy to use if you're a young team. So I like the Chicago Bulls doing that. Um, one of the first uh, how how should I say this? One of the first uh, smart moves I've seen Chicago make in a while. So I like this. So I like this trade for Chicago. Um, okay, so the Heat and Hawks. This was a real quick swap. The Heat get Luke Babbitt. Atlanta gets a Carl White. Carl White's just a prospect, and Luke Babbitt's a shooter, a known shooter. So that's a good move for Miami. Both sides benefit. Atlanta's rebuilding. Miami's just trying. Miami's always trying to be good. So there's that. Um, so Detroit Pistons made uh, two trades. Um, again, we're not talking about the Blake trade. That was last week. Um, you know, I might bring it up here and there if there's some do- downtime during the podcast. But um, as far as these two trades, so the first trade, uh, Pistons get Jameer Nelson, and um, and they swap their worst pick with their worst second-round pick with, uh, with Chicago in 2020. The Bulls get Willie Reed, who they will waive. And again, the better of the two second-round picks. So, the Pistons get Jameer Nelson to help flesh out the PG depth while Reggie's gone, which is not a bad move. Um, I personally don't like this move for Detroit because I believe Willie Reed had promise as a backup center. I liked his game. I liked what I seen from him in short minutes. But the thing with um, the thing with Willie Reed though is with trading him is that you're either going to have to um, is that you're either going to have to play Blake as a backup five or John Luer when he comes back, who knows? Or um, or go back to Eric Moreland. And we all know Eric Moreland's been a disaster in Detroit. Also, um, so 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 doing that trade for Detroit, I don't like it personally because Reggie could be back as soon as after All Star break. So really, um, you know, you had Ish and you had Galloway as point guards. So to me, it wasn't really anything. Um, it wasn't really it wasn't really that big of a concern for me. Um, but again, SVG, and we're seeing this with Doc Rivers as well. Uh, coaches who have the dual power as GM are always trying to get players that they trust and they know and they coach. And so they're, so SVG and Jameer obviously go way back, so that's a great move. Uh, what's up, Leandro, for joining the um, Instagram live. And um, hope, all, hope all the relatives are good in Canada. Um, but, yeah, so it's just I didn't like the trade. I thought it was kind of a very, very, very short-sighted move for Detroit. And also, um, you know, now what SVG is likely going to do is just play Griffin as a backup center when Drummond's out. And Blake and Blake Griffin – Everyone knows he has an injury history. So with Blake Griffin, I don't want to play him like 34, 36 minutes a game. And so, you know, if if I could save a couple minutes and go to a guy like Willie Reed, who I trust as a backup center, then that's a good move. And so I didn't like Detroit making that move. But Detroit did make another move, which I am a fan of right now, which I'll talk about. James Ennis to Detroit. Now Memphis gets a second-round pick and Bryce Johnson. Um, the Pistons get Ennis, which is a much needed depth at the wing. He's another three and D guy, another young prospect guy. We'll see if, um, we'll see if, uh, we'll see, we'll see how much minutes he gets because Stanley is playing very well right now. 
and Reggie Bullock is playing very well, but if either one of them go go down, God forbid, it would be a huge disaster for Detroit. So I like the move, um, but I but I do hope to see Stanley continue to get minutes because I think Stanley's a guy who has to just learn by trial, um, just throwing him to the fire. I think that's kind of who Stanley is. That's his nature. So um, so I think I think that uh, this is again this is a good trade. This is a nice insurance trade for a team that's. Making a strong push for the playoffs, they're already back in the playoffs. Five and zero since acquiring Blake. Um, the team's looking good, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how far this team can go. I'm very interested to see what the Pistons do in the playoffs, um, and who they're matched up with is is probably the more important thing. But uh, let's get to these blockbusters. So, the Cavs and the Lakers. So the Cavs traded um, Isaiah Thomas and Channing Fry and a protected first round pick to the Lakers. And in return, they get they get uh, Jordan Clarkston and Larry Nance. Now, when I first saw this trade, I imagined it was Channing Fry and Shumpert because the Lakers, as we all know, just want expiring cap space or want expiring salary so that they could get cap space in the offseason. And so with with Clarkston and Nance, um, I, or sorry, with the Cavs, to go back to that, um, the Cavs trading Isaiah Thomas was shocking to me because I thought, well, I did think it was likely that Isaiah got traded. I did not think that, I thought that if Isaiah was involved, it would be in a bigger trade for a guy like a Kemba Walker or a DeAndre Jordan. So that's what I thought, um, that's what I thought was going to happen with IT. So when I seen that, now it kind of makes me think that there's a less realistic chance of the Cavs getting uh, Kemba and DeAndre, who they are still reportedly going after, um, despite all the moves they made, which we'll get to some of their other moves in a minute. But for the Lakers, awesome. You get a lottery-protected first-round pick from Cleveland, um, who I expect will be a lot better than they are right now. Um, but still, um, a first-round pick is a first-round pick, and that's great. And they, they accomplished everything they wanted in this trade. They got a pick, and they got cap space for the future. Um, and the funny thing is, is that they now have more cap space to sign LeBron James if they choose to sign, or if LeBron chooses to sign with them. So uh, this could end up being a double whammy for the Cavs in, in that they gave the Lakers the cap space to sign LeBron if he goes there. I still call that unlikely, but it's a possibility. Okay, so um, the next Cavs trade that was big, um, and I know there's an Emmanuel Moutier trade that just went through. Um, I will be following that shortly, but uh, let me just get through um, the rest of the last two two deals. So the Cavs, Jazz, and Kings, a three-team trade. The Cavs get George Hill, Rodney Hood. The Jazz get uh, Crowder and Derrick Rose, who might be bought out. Um, I'll get to that later. Uh, the Kings get Joe Johnson, Iman Shumper, and the Heat's protected second-round pick in the Dwayne Wade trade, which the Cavs got. The Cavs got a second-round pick, which they, again, conveyed to Sacramento, and the um, the Heat got Dwayne Wade. So Dwayne Wade back in Miami, awesome move. I'm all for it. Um, yeah, so interesting, the Cavs got uh, George Hill and Ronnie Hood. Those are awesome acquisitions for the Cavs. I like those. Um, I'll get into I'll get into the Cavs' moves later, but first let me just um, recap the reps in the Kings, the last deal as of right now, and then I'll get to the Emmanuel Moutier news that broke probably about five minutes ago. It started, you know, a few minutes into this Instagram live. So um, 
the Sacramento Kings get Bruno, uh, get Bruno, and the and the Raptors get uh, Mikael, uh, or sorry, Richardson, um, Mikael I. Richardson, or how can I not say his name right now? I'm drawing a blank on his name. Sorry, uh, Mikael, but I'm I'm drawing a blank on your name. I think I I'm I think I'm butchering it right now to be honest, but um, you know, prospect for prospect trade. Bruno is a guy who's, um, Bruno's a guy who's, yeah, I know, Dick, that was funny, um, Bruno's a guy who's young, he's a prospect, he's probably more years away than, than Richardson is from being a, a quote-unquote NBA player, like a contributing NBA player, but he still has a lot of upside to a lot of execs, so, um, you know, for a team like Sacramento who's rebuilding, you gotta take a flyer, um, so it's, it's not a bad move at all. Um, again, I don't know how much the Raptors, the Raptors develop talent very well too. So to get somebody who's a little bit further along, I think will help them a lot. Um, I'm impressed that the Raptors continue to buy in. They continue to buy in. They're still looking for a trade for DeAndre Jordan, which is very interesting. Um, this is a team that could have blown it up years ago and every year they're kind of faced with, should they blow it up year after year of underachieving and they still commit to winning. So you got to respect that. Um, but yeah, so those are all the trades that happened right now. Let me go to Twitter real quick and see if I can find myself um, some news on the Emmanuel Moutier trade, which is one of the people who I was going to bring up because I actually thought the Pistons should target him. Um, you know, every everybody, you know, Reggie Jackson's not as terrible as everybody thinks, but he's definitely, he's, he's Mr. Right now. He's not Mr. Right. He's not the point guard that's going to win us the championship or get us as far as we want to, but he's a point guard that can contribute right now and be helpful right now. So I would have liked to see the Pistons buy low on Moutier, but um, here we are. He's traded. Um, I'm seeing a lot about this trade, so I'm going to look this up. Um, Emmanuel Moutier, here we go. All right, so... Uh, Denver is trading Emmanuel Moutier to New York. Okay. Um, I thought it was New York or Dallas. I thought I seen, um, off of a glance, I thought I seen that. So, uh, let's, let's break down this trade here. Um, Denver, New York, and Dallas agree on a three-team trade. Um, Moutier to the Knicks, Devin Harris to Denver, and Doug McDermott to Dallas. New York will send Denver a future second-round pick. Wow. So my initial reaction is that that is an awesome, awesome trade for uh, New York. New York is a team that didn't have a lot of talent, um, especially a lot of young, young talent. So um, Emmanuel Moutier, they bought extremely low for Emmanuel Moutier. Really wish the Pistons would have got him now for for um, the cut, for the price that they gave up. Wow. Um, great move for New York off uh, first first reaction. Denver, um, you know, they got what they wanted. They, 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 they're committed to Jamal Murray. That's fine. Jamal Murray's an excellent player. Um, I think he has a very high ceiling. Um, so they got, uh, they got what, a second round pick? Yeah, they got a second round pick. And Devin Harris is a guy who can contribute right away. And, um, Doug McDermott to Dallas, um, Again, Rick Carlisle just likes people who can play basketball, and Doug McDermott can play basketball. So um, it's not going to move the needle for Dallas this season at all, but 
it is a move that I think, you know, if, if Dallas, um, you know, in a couple years retools and becomes a playoff team again, McDermott could be a nice role player on that playoff team. Uh, Rick Carlisle's a wizard. He always gets the most out of his players. I really respect Rick Carlisle. So, um, you know, it's, it's a good trade. Um, you know, Dallas kind of got in and got a nice role player for basically nothing. So I'm good with it. Um, I'm good with that move. So, yeah, so those are all the trades right now. Um, a lot of crazy trades. I'll take, um, I'll take fan questions right now. I'll take um, any kind of questions you guys have right now as far as players go. And um, also, in, in terms of taking questions, I do have some talking points. Um, the latest, um, to me right now, the biggest still on the block moves are, um, are DeAndre Jordan, who I, is becoming less and less likely, I think, to be traded. Um, it seems like with the signing of Lou Williams that they're kind of committed to keeping Jordan at least at least past the deadline who knows what beyond that the Clippers are you know they're kind of they're kind of have two foot two feet and two timelines right now so that's um so that's kind of an interesting team to watch um they could be buyers or sellers they're kind of a strange in-between team um Tyreek Evans has still got to be one of the biggest names left on the board as far as trading goes um and I would expect him to get bought out if he doesn't get traded because Memphis benched him, um, it, it, assuming a trade was going to happen. So I think I think um, I think he's he's definitely gone from Memphis. I would I, I'm pretty confident in saying that. I just don't know where. Um, right now I know Boston, Denver, Philly, and Miami are all interested in him. We'll we'll see. Um, personally, I would like to see him to go to Boston, um, Boston or Philly. Um, I like to see him on a team that can compete right now because I think Tyreek is playing his best season. So it's so to me, I would love to see Tyreek go to a team like Boston, especially a guy like Brad Stevens who gets the most out of him. If I was Tyreek, I would even want to go to Boston because the way Brad Stevens is making every player play so well is honestly it's just amazing. The only other person I really see doing that as far as coaching goes is Greg Popovich. And um, and also respect to Eric Spolstra, who's doing a great job in Miami as well. But these are guys who are really just finding these diamond in the rough players and really just taking every, almost every player, not even just the diamond in the rough players, but every player and getting them to their full potential value. And we're seeing it with Avery Bradley. We're seeing it with Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah is a different circumstance. That's a whole different beast with the injury and everything. But still... Every guy who's left Boston has never been as good has never been as good as when they were in Boston under Brad Stevens. So far, Evan Turner, Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas, um, who am I forget? Avery Bradley. So yeah, so I I like this. I like this. Um, I I I would like to see Tyreek go to. Um, I I would like to see the Cavs or sorry, not the Cavs. I would like to see Tyreek go to Boston. Um. But yeah, if you guys got any questions right now, shoot them to me. Uh, what trades have happened so far, Eric? I just recapped them. Um, you're going to want to just look at, just honestly Google the Cavs because the Cavs have traded like seven players in 30 minutes. It's it's honestly insane. Um, Nick says, what seed do you think the Pistons will be? Uh, right now, I think the limit, 
I I know I know they're they're still kind of within a long shot of the four seed, which would be just a dream. Um, but I would like to see the Pistons stay in either five or eight, just stay out of the second or third bracket because I don't think Cleveland is going to finish first. I think they'll finish second or third. And if that's the case, I want them out of Cleveland's bracket. Um, fourth seed would be amazing because it's home court, but uh, you know, I don't I don't see how realistic that is, although they are five and zero since the Blake trade and John Wall out and the East is kind of in free fall. The Bucks have an interim head coach while they're playing great right now. Um, they're playing great right now, but anything could happen at any moment. Um, excuse me. So I like um, I'd like to see the I'd like to see the Pistons go on any bracket which isn't uh, whatever side of the bracket Cleveland is not on because as bad as Cleveland looks right now, playoff LeBron is just a whole another animal. LeBron is. LeBron's not even trying right now, and he's still putting up ridiculous numbers. Um, the Pistons aren't beating LeBron. I mean, that's just a matter of fact. I would take, I would, I would like to see the Pistons um, play. I would like to see the Pistons play. Um, ideally, maybe like if Indiana got up to the third or Toronto, because Toronto's been fluky in the playoffs. Or if I'm Detroit, I would like to see Boston. I'd like to see pretty much any team before Cleveland because. I still think, as crazy as it sounds, I still think Cleveland's coming out of the East because they are just a monster. The Cavs are just a monster. Um, Eric says, should the Pistons make another trade? Now, that that's interesting because that that's going to bring up something I, I was just getting ready to talk about. Um, and the Pistons have trade exceptions. They have a they have a five point two million dollar exception that they can use to sign or trade. Um, but I believe they're going to use it in the buyout market, which is going to be very strong, which I'll get to the buyout market towards the end of this um, podcast here or, or Instagram Live. But um, but they do have another, um, they do have like a $7 million trade exception, so they could get a decent salary player if they want to hard cap themselves. I mean, they are already hard capped, but if they, if they do a trade where they take in a $7 million player, then you're looking at a top five payroll in the league, and I don't know if Tom Gores wants to spend a top five payroll to be a team that gets bounced in the first round, maybe reaches the second round. I don't know. Um, but I'd like to see the Pistons just continue to hunt the market. Um, they already got Jameer Nelson and James Ennis. Um, Jameer Nelson's a good point guard, um, a good third-string point guard, and James Ennis is a very nice um, a, a young wing that I'm fond of, 3 and D. Um, not nearly as good as Reggie Bullock, but uh, probably a better defender, but a less a less three point shooter. So I like that trade for uh, I like those trades for Detroit. Um, but yeah, I mean, look if 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 something comes up in the in these last few minutes and you have a chance to to jump on a good trade, then do it. But I don't think the Pistons need to make a move anymore. I think now they're kind of focused to buyout market because the buyout market is going to be huge. Um, Joe Johnson, I expect to be a buyout, which would be awesome. Maybe Tyreek, if he doesn't get traded, a lot of options in the buyout market. Um, what up, Ga- Gabrielle? Um, joining the joining the Snapchat, or, sorry, the Instagram live. And what up to Ben? Just joined. What up, Ben? Monarchs, Monarchs boy. Um, yeah. So, so Eric, yeah, to answer your question, I think the Pistons um, don't have to make another trade, but if they do. Uh, I mean, honestly, as long as it's good, I'm okay with it, but yeah. Uh, so shoot me some other questions.
<laughs> Eric said, Ben, what's up? Yeah, what's up, Ben? What's good? Um, okay, so let's see Let's see kind of what uh, what else there is out there. Um, Marcus Smart is still another guy who's potentially on the move. Uh, it's been rumored that Boston's looking for a first for him. And in order to get a first, um, and I think they're going to use that first to try and flip for like for like Lou Williams. But Lou Williams is now off the market because he signed the extension. He can't get traded for six months. So I don't know how likely it is that Smart gets traded. Also, being a restricted free agent is very difficult um, because uh, because if you trade a first for him, you have to resign him. You cannot give up a first in a loaded draft class to not resign him. And with this market being so dried up in the summer, um, I truly don't know what his value is, and I don't think anyone around the league knows his value. He could get five mil. He could get he could get like twelve million. Um, so it's a very wide range. And so, if I were a team, I would not trade a first round pick to get a guy who you're unsure of the price tag. It'd be one thing if you knew the price tag, but now that you don't know the price tag, I would stay clear of that. Um, yeah. So. Um, Anyone, anyone shoot me any questions. Um, I'm going to be kind of live tracking some stuff. I know a trade just happened. Um, let me see what, what it was. Um, yeah. Okay, so this is what I was just talking about. So Memphis is still without traction on Tyreek Evans. May keep him. Grizz, Grizzlies would try to resign him using mid-level exception. That's interesting. Um, so they're really interested in not um, in not tanking. That's interesting. Uh, I personally would try and get any value I can for Tyreek Evans. Uh, yeah, especially after benching him. That's that's just weird. Um, but, yeah, so, so far the trades I like the best today. I guess I can do that since I got some people here who may have joined late. Um, the trades I like the best so far, um, I really like what the Cavs are doing. Um, you know, I don't like that they gave up that first-round pick in the IT trade. But, um, but getting got getting the combination of players of George Hill, Rodney Hood, um, Jordan Clarkson, and Larry Nance is really nice. Those are young, athletic players who can play defense, who are very who are versatile. Both Clarkson and Hill can play the one and the two, so I like that trade a lot. Um, and they're both um, defenders. Um, but the one thing the Cavs need is the Cavs need another dynamic score. Um, they can be they can win the east but they cannot beat the warriors without another dynamic score like a Kemba Walker like a um a Kyrie Irving who you had but traded um so yeah there there's um there's some issues still in Cleveland although I do like these moves again I'm not a fan of giving up a first but it's only a first protected this year that will likely convey so you know a a, a mid 20s pick yeah I don't, I don't, I don't like it, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to scoff at it. Um, uh, if Clarkson sees increase in minutes, could he be that scorer for the Cavs? Um, my answer is, yeah, I think he could be a scorer, but I don't think he can be a, um, I don't think he's going to be a, um, a big time scorer, like, like a Kemba, like a dynamic scorer. And I know you're not saying that either, but to me, that's what they need. They need a dynamic score. They need a guy like a Kyrie, like a Kemba, who can create off the dribble. Um, you know, and Clarkson can do a little bit of that, 
but not to their level. Um, especially against a team like Golden State, who's a monster on defense and could just eat you alive. Um, that's a that that's that that's that's what the Cavs need. The Cavs need somebody who can break down the Warriors, and there's very few players in the league that can do that. Um, but yeah, 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 so, yeah. So I I like Clarkson. Um, you know, Nick chiming in here saying he's still developing. But I see a handful of stats from Clarkson. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a good player. He's young. He's active. Um, he can score, but again, he he can score well, but he can't score elite. And the the thing is with the Cavs right now is they only have one true score right now, and that's LeBron James. They need another if you're going to beat Golden State because LeBron, I mean, these lineups when LeBron goes to the bench, if you don't have a guy like a Kyrie or a Kemba to to run an offense, you're going to get decimated by the Warriors. Um you know, they need one to two of those guys. I mean, Kevin Love is amazing, and I think he should be utilized more, and I think he will be utilized more when he comes back. But they need another guard dynamic score. Um, Kevin Love is a dynamic score, but in a different way as a big. Um, he can he can run some post action and stuff, and he can do some things. But they don't have a guy who can just create, a, create off the dribble or run a pick and roll or whatever. Um, you know, George Hill and Clarkson can do that, but they could do it limitedly, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of my thing when it comes to um, when it comes to the the Cavs. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And and right now it doesn't look like there's going to be any guard on the buyout market that the Cavs could um, could get that would that would fill that void. I mean, there's only a handful of dynamic scoring guards in the league. So and you had one, but you traded them. You had one of the best, if not the best. Um, so. You know, again, again, the Cavs made mistakes, and, you know, if they lose LeBron, you know, um, no one's going to say they didn't see it coming. Um, but we'll see. Uh, let's see. What else we got here as far as rumors go? Um, interesting rumors. Let's see. The Magic. Okay, so I, do, I don't have anything new on this, but I just found this interesting. The Magic are shopping Aaron Gordon. That to me is really interesting because a guy like um, Aaron Gordon, he's clearly the best player on the Orlando Magic, and he's clearly the star that you you would presume try to build around. Now I don't think he's a franchise cornerstone, so I understand why the Magic are looking to move him. But if you look to move him, um, you're committing to a rebuild, a full-on rebuild. Again, you're delaying your rebuild another three, four years. So to me. Um, you know, if they, if they, if they trade Aaron Gordon, um, now or in the off season right now, I'm not hearing anything. So if they do trade him, it might be the off season, but if they trade Aaron Gordon, man, um, you're looking at being a bad team till at least 2020, at least 2020, if not 2021, 22. Um, so yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would very strongly consider that if you're Orlando, I understand why, um, but I would personally try and re-sign Aaron Gordon right now and then um, to a to a nice contract and then see what you can get down the line um, when he and then he becomes a value a more valuable asset if he's on a team friendly contract because he's locked up for multiple years. So, yeah, I don't know. And restricted restricted free agency restricted free agency is tricky and nobody wants to deal with that right now. Nobody wants to deal with that. So. Um, 
yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with with Aaron Gordon. I think that's a huge thing to watch for if you're an Orlando Magic fan or just curious on what the hell the Magic are doing. <sighs> All right, um, DeAndre Jordan, yeah, still no word from him. Very interesting on that. I would have thought he was for sure gone um, when when they traded Blake, but you know, I guess I guess it makes sense because DeAndre Jordan is not a guy who's winning you a lot of games. But I still would have thought that they would take anything they could get for him. Um, you know, usually in the regular season, so to speak, what wins you games is is shot creators, um, guys who can create and run an offense. And, um, you know, DeAndre Jordan is definitely not that. So although DeAndre Jordan is a very valuable asset and I think one of the probably 10 best centers in the NBA, then I think I, I, well, he's, well, he is that valuable in a top 10 center. Um, his value really comes in playoffs. So, and the problem is traditionally speaking, playoff teams don't have a lot of, um, they don't have a lot of assets to move because they're a playoff team. They cashed in their assets to become a playoff team. Really one of the only circumstances, the, the unique circumstances are Philly and Boston who have just loads of assets still ready to be moved. They can make a monster trade at any moment if if somebody becomes available. But um, but they, they probably won't because it doesn't seem like anybody's available. And I don't think DeAndre Jordan warrants that that quote-unquote war chest of assets um, that they would have to give up. So I understand why he's not being moved, but at the same time, I question it. Um, I just I don't know what they're getting as far as phone calls go, but you would think you could get some type of first um, and maybe some cap space or an expiring or something, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's interesting. Um. Uh oh yeah, I forgot to talk about that. Uh Hern Gomez was traded to the um yesterday was traded to or maybe two days ago was traded to the Hornets for I believe a second round pick. Um interesting trade because again, New Orleans or sorry, New York is devoid of young uh of young prospects. So I would have thought that they would have kept him. I know he was unhappy, but you know, Young prospects are a very rare and very valuable thing in today's NBA. Um, you know, look at the Warriors. The reason, this is going to sound crazy, but one one of the biggest reasons why the Warriors are what they are is because of their draft picks. You don't believe me? Look at Jordan Bell. Look at McCaw. These guys, look at Clark last year. These guys are become vital role players, vital ninth, 10th men on the roster. And those are very important when you're a team that doesn't have cap space. So, again, um, again, like picks are very valuable and prospects are very, very valuable in today's NBA. They are the gold standard. So, um, you know, I'm surprised that um, that teams are are giving up um, prospects. How could New York not get more than a second round pick? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know he wasn't playing great this season, but still a prospect's a prospect. Um, I, I understand why he got a second round pick, but I definitely think he could have been, I definitely think he's worth more than a second round pick. Um, he, he's played like the value, 
he, he's played like the value he was traded for this season so far. So from a surface level, it's not a terrible trade. But again, he's playing down. He's not playing up right now as far as as far as value goes. So I think he's worth a late first if he's you know if he's at his best. He had great moments last year. Um, and he was, you know, good friends with uh, Neil Aquina, the, U- the new point guard, as well as Kristaps Porzingis. Um, that was an interesting one-two combination up at the front court. So, yeah, I'm shocked that New York traded that. But, you know what, getting Emmanuel Moutier today was an awesome move for New York. Um, they bought super low on Moutier, and I would love to have seen Detroit go go in and get Moutier for for that salary. For Oh, man, I'd have offered... Uh, two second round picks for a guy like Moutier they only got they only gave out one second round pick for Moutier that's insane the dude was what like the fifth pick in the draft that's insane and he's only been buried because Denver is super deep and has a young rising prospect in Jamal Murray and you know has had so so coaching um so throughout the years um I do like I do I will say I do I do like Mike Malone and what he's doing in in Denver now. I do like Mike Malone as a coach. I think he's I think he's solid. But before that, when you had Brian Shaw and stuff, yeah, Emmanuel Mudiay was getting wasted. So yeah, um, yeah, that's that's to me a whole nother monster, a whole interesting thing to talk about. But um, yeah, um, shoot me any other questions you guys got right now. Um those who are those who are in the instagram live and thank you to everyone who was in the instagram live or still or still is um i had a pretty decent turnout uh more than i thought um more than i thought actually doing this for the first time and not having many instagram followers um but you know i just thought this was something fun to do live trade deadline stuff um input on Kristoff's injury uh what are you asking for as far as Nick? Like my reaction, what I think it will do to him long term. Like, what do you, um, what, what exactly are you looking for with that question? Um, let's see, Portland. Portland traded Noah Vonley to Chicago for an overseas draft pick. Uh, basically, cash rights. Um, okay, so long term impact. Yeah, I'll, ju- I'll jump to that in a second. Let me just see if I can follow anything up. Oh, Portland gets under the luxury tax. Good move for Portland. Um, I know they didn't want to pay the luxury tax. So um, Noah Vonley had moments. Um, I was high on him coming out of college, but you know, the Portland fucked themselves with the cap. They really did, and so you know they they have to make these moves, and it sucks that you have to give up a young a young prospect. But you know. Um, you have to do what you have to do when the owner says he doesn't want to pay the luxury bill. You got to, you got to make some hard choices. Let's see. Um, there's still hope within Kenneth Fareed's camp that Denver will find a trade for him and fresh start. Um, they are talking to Indiana, but has not resulted in a deal. That goes with what I said earlier. Indiana's looking to tie up. Um, they're looking aggressively to acquire bad salary so that they can get draft picks as well. Um, so that's a great move by Indiana because um, they already got a, a nice young player in Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner. So, um, yeah, I like that trade for Indiana if Indiana does it. I think right now is Denver's just unwilling to part with the first. But let me get back to Nick's point on Chris Stops. 
Okay, so with Kristaps, man, that sucks. Um, not only because I have him for fantasy, but let's be real, I was washed this year anyways. Talk about injury luck. I had Kristaps Porzingis, Gordon Hayward, and Jeremy Lin. My team was fucked from the beginning. Um, but anyways, beyond that, uh, long-term impact. Um, it's been well documented that it's been well documented that Kristaps has had knee injuries um, or knee issues in that left knee that he tore his ACL. So to me, it's 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 actually worrisome. Um, you know, ACLs usually people can bounce back from, um, if not a hundred percent, like ninety ninety five percent nowadays with how modern medicine is so thank god it wasn't an achilles tear that's still i think the one injury that you fear in sports right now but um praying for demarcus cousins because that sucks that sucks really bad i'm really bummed about that but as far as Kristaps goes um you know he'll bounce back i think but i think that this is um and and i think he'll be um you know the same if not better because he's still a young player so the crazy thing is as good as he was this year he's nowhere near his ceiling so, um, you know, it kind of sucks um, because, you know, New York seasons w- was washed already. And now, even if they wanted to be competitive next season, they really can't be because he'll be gone 12 months. So he'll be gone till this time this year. And they're not going to be they're not going to they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league again. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise and they get a good pick. But again, that left knee is a concern for me if I'm if I'm a New York Knicks fan because um Kristaps is obviously the future right now and if if Kristaps is if Kristaps becomes an injury prone player I mean we've seen all sorts of big men have knee injuries and you know I don't want to go there because I just I don't want to I don't want to be negative but I think it is something you have to be aware of and cautious of because Kristaps again is the future and big men with knee injuries, especially when you're 7'3 and you're very skinny, um, I would know, not being 7'3, but being very skinny, that, you know, knee injuries are a bitch. Like, I have na- I have aching knee injuries sometimes when I play basketball, and, you know, I'm nowhere near an athlete. But, again, it's just, it, it's something that happens to skinny guys. Like, skinny guys don't have a lot of muscle, don't have a lot of support. And if you have bad hips, they affect your knees. If you have bad knees, you affect your ankles. So it all kind of ties in. And so the knee's a very important muscle and um, a very important part of the body to stay healthy. So it's it's definitely concerning. But I still think that Chris Ops can bounce back and be 100%. But I think that this is worry that he could have future injuries. Um, you don't have to look any farther than Jabari Parker, who's tore his ACL twice in his rookie contract. That's just brutal. Um, that's just really brutal. Um, so I don't think I don't think this is gonna hinder him long term as far as like as far as like a, a bounce back talent. But this could be the sign of hey, this is a guy who's gonna miss twenty games a year, and you know that sucks. That really sucks if you're in New York, um, and a player that could have a very short prime. Um, so. Yeah, that's that's rough. That's rough. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, what up, Brody? Just joining. Um, I'm taking questions right now. I kind of recapped everything that's going on in the in the trade deadline for as far as the NBA goes. So um, you know, shoot me any questions you got on the trade deadline, and I'll be glad to answer them. Uh, well, I look and see what kind of rumors are left here. 
Um, sorry for the shaking. Um, I'm holding this with one hand. I'm barely holding it. Here, let me readjust my grip. Um, again, those of you that are just tuning in now, if you missed anything, don't worry. It will be updated as it will be republished as a podcast later. And it will also be on my Instagram live for 24 hours. So you can see the whole thing, video and audio um, for 24 hours. So um, check that out. Um, check that out if you if you feel you missed anything especially at the beginning where i went through all the trades that happened already um not many trades have happened uh and again the reason for these lack of trades and i didn't get to this earlier but um i should have gotten to it a little bit earlier is again the salary cap is so fucked up right now like as far as teams go like teams are so screwed on salary cap because remember in 2016 when everybody got money the nba spent a billion dollars on players in one hour that is an insane amount of money because there was a massive cap jump because of the new tv deal and they signed the nba signed a new massive tv deal and part of the salary cap revenue or part of what decides the salary cap is the tv deal and the TV deal went from being a hundred hundreds of millions of dollars to being twenty four billion. So it jumped the cap. The cap spiked. It jumped like twenty five million, something ridiculous, like unprecedented jump. And so everybody thought, okay, this is how it's going to be now. And the NBA salary cap is going to keep on jumping. But the only reason it jumped big is because that first year was the big change. Now, now it's kind of consistent. So now the salary cap's leveling out. And going, you know, back to gradual $1 million, $2 million increases. So, all of a sudden, everybody got screwed. Um, and so, with that being said, with all these bad contracts, um, with all these, all, these bad con- all these contracts signed in 2016 are now way overvalued, way bad. They're terrible, terrible contracts. Way bad isn't even a phrase, but I'm using it. But... Um, it's terrible, and it's screwing a lot of teams, and there's not a lot of free agency. There's not a lot of cap space to go around. A lot of teams are hard-capped or close to hard-capped or in the luxury tax, and these are things that owners don't want to do, especially if they're a team that's not competing for a championship or getting playoff revenue at the very least. So, again, it's it's a huge problem, and that's why we're not seeing a lot of big, big trades um, the Cavs were the only domino that was really interesting today um, because the Cavs are, and that's a unique situation because of LeBron going to, um, because of LeBron's impending free agency, the Cavs had their back against the wall. They had to make those moves. But um, to answer your question, Brody, what is your reaction to D-Wade going back to Miami? I love it. Um, I love D-Wade back in Miami. He clearly wasn't doing anything in, uh, he clearly was not doing anything in uh, Cleveland. You know, his, his best days are behind him. You know, this might be his last year. He might do one more year, one full season in Miami. But, you know, um, I'm a fan of, like, the whole homecoming thing. And, you know, he gets to be on a playoff team in Miami um, or, or a team at least I think will end up in the playoffs. They're, they're in the playoffs right now, but I think and I think they will end up in the playoffs. But with Detroit coming and Philly maybe coming, um, this could be very in- it could be very interesting. And Miami could be a team that falls out. But, however, I, I, I like the move for Miami. Um, very sentimental move. I'm, I'm all for it. And they only gave up a second-round pick that was heavily protected. So they basically gave up nothing to get Dwayne Wade, um, which is crazy. So, you know, 
good good move, great move. At the very least, it's going to get fans excited and it's going to sell tickets. And at the end of the day, money is king. As much as we like to think that every owner wants to win a championship, a lot of owners just want to make money. And um, the Heat do want to win championships, but the Heat also want to uh, make money. So, smart move. But yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of it. I'll stay till a little past three because a lot of trades come in at the deadline. Um, what often happens is you'll see trades. They have until 3 p.m. to call in the trade. So they'll call in the trade, but the sources and everything will get um, delayed and stuff. So the news will break about 15, 20 minutes later, five minutes later, whatever. So um, I don't know if there's – I think there's going to be one or two more small deals, like kind of like what Detroit did getting Ennis. Okay, yeah, see, like Washington's trading guard, Sheldon Mack to Atlanta. Again, this is just a cap move, nothing big. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, these are kind of these are kind of it as far as the trades go. But you never know. Um, last year at like or not last year, a couple years ago at like four when, when the trade deadline was at four, it was like four twenty or something like that. And all of a sudden, Isaiah Thomas was traded to uh, to Boston. So these blockbuster trades can happen very last minute. They have before. That's nothing new. Um, so I will stay on the line for that. But I think that the Cavs being active was probably the most exciting part about the trade deadline. Um, yeah, um, I'm I'm shocked DeAndre Jordan is still in, has a home. Um, it seemed less and less likely by the day, but I just still was holding out. I don't know if you could call it hope, but just I, I was holding out the belief that he was going to get traded. Um, so, um yeah, Rockets obviously not. Yeah, Rockets are an interesting team to watch. They're always a team that will make the financial move or the trade move. Um, so they're a team that is awesome. They're they're a team that's awesome to watch on the trade deadline because they make a bunch of moves. Um, they make a bunch of little moves. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see what else can we find here. Um. Oh yeah! If you guys don't didn't watch, um, Channing Fry's reaction to being traded was hilarious. Um, he basically said, "Don't go over six, or you'll get traded." That shit was funny. Um, yeah, Isaiah Thomas. That was that was a wild thing. Uh, it's crazy. It makes that Danny Ainge trade look even better. Um, all this time later. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, I think DeAndre would fit well in Toronto. I do too. Um, personally, I would like to see that happen. Um, I would also love, I think if, if I'm being a fan, I would love to see him in Milwaukee. What up, Brandon? Oh, that's Greg. What up, Greg? Um, shout out to Greg. Um, I, I think, I think DeAndre would fit well in Toronto, but I, I would, as a fan, I would love to see him go to Milwaukee with all that length and defense. DeAndre Jordan would be a freak in, in, uh, in Milwaukee. So I would, I would like that. Oh, here we go. Here's a decent trade. Uh, Orlando traded Alfred Payton to Phoenix for a second-round pick. Um, let me look this up right now. Um, yeah, just a second-round pick. Wow. Uh, first, Emmanuel Moutier again traded for a second-round pick. Now, Alfred Payton. Makes sense. I'm much higher on Moutier than I am on Payton, even though Payton has been the better pro so far. Um, I'm just, I think I'm more higher on uh, Moutier's ceiling as of right now. But, wow. 
uh, second-round pick for just a guy like Alfred Payton. Great move for Phoenix. Great move. Um, Phoenix gets a young guy, um, and they get a flyer on a guy who hasn't worked out. But, I mean, remember, this guy was, what, a top-10 pick? Maybe uh, I know he was in the lottery for sure, but I don't remember if he was top 10 off- offhand. But, um, but yeah, to get that, so to essentially get a, a, a top 10 or a lottery pick for a second-round pick is obviously amazing value. So good move for Phoenix. Um, and they have a history of making good guards. So, yeah, why not? Why not do that? Um... <laughs> oh yeah, this Woj versus um, this Woj versus Sham stuff for for us NBA geeks is awesome. Um, you know Woj left Yahoo for ESPN, and for those of you that don't know, and um, Shams was like his little apprentice or whatever, and now Shams is the guy at Yahoo, and so they've been competing, but Woj has been just destroying uh Shams in this whole trade deadline. He's been getting the scoop on everything. Um, really the only thing that, that Shams got the scoop on was like, was like James Ennis going to Detroit. So, um, far from the biggest trade, (laughs) black trades of leverage to chat said, uh, Shams with the B sides. (laughs) That's, that's a good one. Um, another part of the trade, I think just happened. Oh no, no, that's just Shams. Why are you, why is Shams confirming it? It was already broke by. It was already broke by uh, Woj. Uh, my lunch is over. Great Insta Live. Keep up doing what you're doing. Cool to listen to you. Peace, bro. Peace, Ben. Peace, Craig. Uh, shout out. What up, Eric? Um, shout out to shout out to Greg and Ben who are here. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, so who are who are some other names that you guys thought were really gonna get traded but didn't? I'll give you one. Uh, Marco Bellinelli. I thought for sure a sharpshooter like him was going to find a home. Maybe he will. Um, but, yeah, I thought for sure somebody would get him. Um, I think what happened is a lot of people just wanted um, – I, I think a lot of people just wanted um, wanted first-round picks for guys, and instead teams were only willing to offer second-round picks. I think teams were very stingy with picks this year, and I think that's what screwed the trade deadline um, for a lot of teams, I should say. And again, that buyer's market's very low right now. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah. Zach Lowe says I thought, um, I thought the Suns might kick the tires on Dennis Schroeder, but that appears to have no interest. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder's interesting. I don't think he's good personally. I think he's a good numbers bag team guy, um, or like a. He's a worse Reggie Jackson to me, and that's not a point guard you want in today's NBA, in my opinion. But, um, but yeah, the Suns are the Suns, so I understand them going for a guy like Alfred Payton. Um, he has a high, he has a higher ceiling, I think, than Dennis Schroeder. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Um, I don't really know as far as as far as Alfred Payton and Dennis Schroeder goes. That's that's an, kind of an interesting debate actually, because uh, Dennis Schroeder has put up good numbers, but. Um, so is Alfred Payton, but he's done it inconsistently. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So Derek Rose, um, reportedly going to sign with, um, once he clears waivers, sign with, uh, the Timberwolves, which is awesome. Um, uh, 
I guess. I don't like it, um, but it's awesome for the Derrick Rose believers out there. Um, Derrick Rose and Tom Thibodeau reunion, that's cool, I guess, but I don't care personally. Um, I think Derrick Rose is far past his, his um, not even just his prime. Of course he's past his prime, but he's definitely past his days as a valuable NBA player. Um, there's a lot of iffy reports about him in the locker room and stuff, so... Yeah, I'm staying away from Derrick Rose. I'm I'm cool on Derrick Rose, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just an outsider who's um, you know, who has outside who's following outside sources. Um, so, you know, obviously I don't I don't know everything. I'm kind of going from an outside's outsider's perspective. Um but let's see here. Um Okay. Uh, what else we got here? It's 2.59, so we got one minute left to call in trades for the NBA teams out there. Um, I know you guys are listening to this podcast right now. No, I'm kidding. But, um, yeah, I think I think that I think that the, the, um, the trade deadline, although it wasn't as interesting as a lot of people may have hoped for, um, I certainly saw this coming with the buyer's market being so robust um, and being so small. Um, a lot more teams were looking to sell than to buy, and you know that's going to screw up the market. But I'm surprised Tyreek Evans and DeAndre Jordan, two of the biggest names, um, are still in uh, in their respect on their respective teams. I expect Tyreek to be bought out, even though there's a report from Woj saying that they're going to try to um, bring back Tyreek in free agency, which I think is wild. I think they should just buy him out. Honestly, um, what else is there? I mean, maybe a sign, a sign and trade makes sense now because then they can at least get something for him as opposed to just buying him out. But um, I still think Memphis wants to tank. Um, if I'm Memphis, I want to tank as hard as possible. So I want to trade. Um, I want to trade Tyreek um, or buy him out personally. Uh, what else is there? Um, yeah, DeAndre Jordan was interesting. He definitely won't be a buyout candidate. If he did, that would just be fucking nuts but um yeah he's not a buyout candidate um in my eyes so i think now that's the biggest thing is um the buyout market is uh is on the is on the edge um is on the horizon i should say so that's going to be the next thing so real quickly because i got like a minute left to put to do all this and plug myself some of the biggest buyouts to watch for joe johnson Channy fry um Derrick Rose, um, who else, who else, who else, um, uh, maybe, maybe IT, I'm not ruling it out, I doubt it, but I'm not ruling it out, um, so yeah, so there's some interesting buyout candidates, um, a lot of teams have a lot of money to spend at the buyout, um, the Detroit Pistons have five million, I expect them to be very active in the buyout market, if possible, if they're not already content with their roster, so there's that, but, um, thank you everyone for listening, this has been the first annual NBA trade deadline special live on Instagram and um, in podcast form for those of you. Again, I will upload this as a podcast as well. This is Chris Platty presents Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk. This is the Strictly Hoop Talk first annual NBA trade deadline special. Um, I want to thank everybody who participated. So real quick, let me shout out everyone who was in this. So I got... um, I got Jev, I got my boy Nick Tankum, I got I got Buzo, I got uh Leandra, I got I got um I got Alec. Uh what up Alec? I got I got Eric, I got um 
Keegan. I got um, I got I got Gabby. I got Ben. Um, I got who else? I got um, I got Brody and um, and Cheese Love one seventy four. I don't know who you are. Forgive me. If, forgive me. If, forgive me if I'm supposed to know you. But um, anyways, appreciate the support. And thank you, everyone. You can find all my content on Twitter. That's at Real Chris Platty, C H R I S P L A T T E. <laughs>